Welcome to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts podcast. I'm your host, Marty Elliott. Today we have two guests with us, Terry Pichet, who is the Technical Director of the Ontario Recreation Facilities Association, and also Lois Thornton, Manager of Standards and Training for the City of Mississauga Recreational Services. Good morning, folks. Morning, Marty. Great to hear from you, Terry, again. Well, listen, we're going to uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about accreditation with uh, the Ontario Recreation Facilities Association. Just want to uh, talk to uh, Terry about a couple things first, and then I'm going to pass it over to Terry to engage with Lois as we move forward. So, Terry, help us understand the audience. Uh, where did this uh, certified ICE technician come from? It uh, basically evolved, Marty, when our members more than 30, year, 30 years ago decided not to be referred to as rink rats. And they uh, definitely wanted to uh, be uh, given a, a, a professional accreditation. And to be honest with you, uh, I mean, the, the association gets to uh, get some of the credit in regards to the creating of a professional accreditation. But we have to really turn that back to our members. Um, for those that have uh, taken uh, either a course through uh, RFA or USIRA, the last thing that we always do is collect uh, comments in regards to their uh, their training. <clears throat> and more than 30 years ago, our members uh, asked us uh, to make uh, our our profession a profession, and uh, they reached out to us. And so we put together a group of individuals uh, that sat down and designed what they saw as a career path. And now it's gone through some transitions over the last few years um, in regards to what an individual has to do or take to become a certified ice technician. I can tell you quite honestly, when we started off, our dream was that one day that we would see an advertisement in the province of Ontario that would look for a CIT as a hiring credential. And I'll suggest to you that more than 95% of the ads that come through the association looking for workers in recreation now are looking for accreditation. So we've been, uh, we've been lucky. So our relationship uh, of developing the CIT actually is is very strong in regards to uh, um, the way that we work with some of our our corporate members and Zamboni has been a, has been one of those members right from the beginning so is Resurf Ice and Jet Ice uh, and Simcoe Refrigeration and we're often asked you know why, why do we have these relationships with basically these four key individuals well, we got to go back more than 30 years ago, and uh, every one of these organizations uh, put in a lot of heavy lifting uh, and investment uh, because they saw the benefit of, of putting a professional accreditation together for the industry. And they invested uh, a lot of resources, both uh, hard dollar, dollars and staff time uh, to help us create uh, a professional accreditation that's now not only recognized in the province, Ontario, but well beyond. So the history is very rich in regards to the certified ice technician designation, but Definitely, uh, an individual doesn't legally require to have a certified ice technician to be a, an ice maker, uh, but it what it does do it brings credibility to the individual that uh, that uh, holds a certified ice technician designation. Uh, we've also seen it now that when litigation erupts and from time to time uh, we get caught in the backfire uh, the the backfire of these things, uh, what the courts are looking for is not somebody standing up and say that they've worked in the industry for 10 years or 15 or 20. They want to be able to have uh, something that's a little bit more solid in regards to proving in fact that they had a very strong foundation and, and uh, 
understanding of the business that they're in. It's a very complicated business. And I know I'm preaching uh, to the choir here with you, Marty, because you understand the sciences, the chemistry, the math and the variables. Uh, and it takes an individual with a very strong skill sets to be able to balance them all out. So that's basically where the CIT came from. Our members wanted it. Uh, they wanted to be recognized as professionals. Uh, we designed it. Uh, and uh, ultimately, it's being adopted uh, yeah, both in the U.S. Uh, and uh, here in Canada, and we're in deliberations right now in regards to striking a relationship with the U.K. So let me ask you, Terry, is the Certified as Technician uh, accreditation, is it different between uh, Canadian uh, or Ontario, the Ontario Recreation Facilities Association, and the U.S. IRA? Is there a difference in the two as far as the accreditation? Uh, this gets a yes and no answer, Marty. Uh, they are exactly the same in regards to the core. Uh, our relationship with the USIRA allows them to be a standalone entity in the provision of the certified ICE technician designation. So they're uh, permitted to use the RFA materials under a, a user agreement and uh, they control their own destiny. So uh, they're allowed to meet the needs of their membership uh, based on uh, what it is that they want. So we don't control the day-to-day -day activities in regards to what happens with USIRA. Uh, we're partners in materials. We provide them with the information. They deliver them in the manner that best needs of their clients. So they control their own CIT. Uh, if you get a CIT in the US, it's through USIRA. So they have slightly different variables in regards to um, processes. Um, we have uh, slightly different versions in regards to how much experience you require here in Ontario in the U.S. and we have different processes uh, for recertification that we'll possibly chat about a little bit later when we wrap it up. But uh, what we like to say here at ORFA is that the core information and we're going to uh, bounce around that 75 or 80 percent uh, in regards to the sciences, the math, and the and the best practices are adopted by um, USIRA, but they're also tweaked a little bit from state to state uh, that allows them to be flexible. And then really where the big change is, is the regulatory responsibility. So I focus in, our, or ORFA focuses on the, the, the legal expectations for the province of Ontario. USIRA has got a, a larger animal with having 50 states that they try to keep right. on top of in regards to uh, understanding the, the regulatory responsibilities. And it's all over the map, no pun intended, in regards to the way that they, uh, they deliver there. So right, the same, right. but a little bit different. Right, right. There you go. So let's take it a, a step further. Has the NHL, do they uh, adopt the uh, certified ICE technician accreditation and, uh, and uh, is it recognized uh, by them? Well, there, there's, th those are two different organizations. So the, the National Hockey League, everybody wants to put them under one umbrella. So the NHL is the NHL, uh, and they do recognize the CIT. So that doesn't mean that they have a stake in it or they have any controlling factor in it. They just looked at what the RFA was doing many years ago and said, you know what? Hey, this makes sense. Why don't we adopt this uh, and support it? Uh, because it makes sense for the industry. It's going to make the industry stronger. So the NHL many years ago uh, gave us permission to use their shield uh, and it says recognized by. So that really means uh, nothing more than they appreciate what the association is doing. Now, the interesting point to that, though, is that they won't give it to another organization. Like they're not just going to hand out that recognized by the NHL to anybody that bangs on their door. They've made a relationship with the RFA. They remain committed to that relationship. So USIRA, through our partnership, is permitted to say the same thing because they are partners with the RFA. 
So the National Hockey League recognizes the CIT, but you can appreciate that the NHL uh, operations is a different animal. You know, the size of the building sure, and the definitely. environment and the science is totally different, right? So what they've done uh, is that they've adopted the CIT as the foundation for what they believe uh, every ice technician requires, but then they've augmented it with their own professional designation. They have the PIM, Professional Ice Makers designation. So they have a right. process that if you work in an NHL building or an NHL recognized building, that you can work through FOMA, Facility Operators and Managers Association, who is again recognized by the National Hockey League, but not part of the National Hockey League. So they're their own standalone association for the managers and operators at the NHL level. So what they've done is they said, look, and if you want to be a professional ice maker, get the CIT either through ORFA or USIRA, and then come to us. And we're going to, they focus in on the mechanics and the different uh, policies that the NHL's got in regards to the level play that they deal with. So what they do is they take our foundation and they build on that. They put walls and roofs on it to meet specifically what their needs, and they control their own professional accreditation. But to get the professional ice makers designation, uh, you've got to work in an NHL building an OHL building uh, and hold the CIT. Now, our, our relationship with FOMA is very positive because they are not going to wander into the municipal operations. So a municipal operator can't go and get a PIM. They are staying completely to their clientele. They don't have any, uh, any vision in regards to handing out the professional ice makers designation outside what they see as professional uh, ice rink organizations. So yes, the CIT is part, possibly, not mandatory, uh, in regards to the accreditation at the NHL level, but uh, we believe over time it will become industry best practice at that level that they have those accredited individuals. It takes time, but we're going to get there. And at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everybody involved, no question about it. Yeah, that's yep. great. Hey, Terry, let's talk about uh, manufacturers. What about uh, their play uh, and how they uh, uh, play in the course deliveries and their involvement in course deliveries. I can, I know I can speak of uh, Zamboni and what I do, but uh, maybe you can share a little bit more about uh, the uh, OEMs uh, in the industry. Yeah, well, as I suggested in my opening comments, our relationship with the two primary uh, ice resurfacer suppliers and manufacturers um, have been right from the get-go from the CIT. It's hard to uh, hard to imagine when we first started to deliver the CIT course. IMEO and IMPT were one five-day course. We used to create the ice, paint the ice, and do an ice maintenance course all in the same five days. And it was it was crazy. It was hectic, and we broke it up. So the manufacturers, uh, what we uh, we here at ORFA have always said right from the get-go, we're not the manufacturer's representative. We're not the experts of any ice resurfers out there. We've got to lean on organizations like you and, and Resurfice in regards to their expertise. So we always saw value of inviting you guys in to come and present uh, a portion of the class. And as you're aware, as, as uh, one of our sub-instructors, uh, we invite you depending on your schedule, depending on your availability, you'll either be there or not be there. So um, our relationship has always been to invite the manufacturer and if they're available to come in. Now, the other bonus that we get is that the materials that we develop, we vet them through you guys. And uh, right. both organizations, both manufacturers have, have spent uh, valuable resources in looking at what it is that we're presenting so that the classroom materials 
don't conflict or, or in are inaccurate. So we appreciate the investment of all our manufacturers uh, in regards to the provision of this accreditation, the CIT. Right. So uh, with the Zamboni, uh, part of my uh, responsibilities is uh, doing the training, uh, both uh, provincially, uh, nationally, internationally. Um, how does uh, the uh, Zamboni on-site training program fit into the uh, scheme of things with certified ice technician and the ice maintenance equipment operation? Well, I, I'm going to have to give uh, Paula a great big thank you and an Atta girl, and I probably owe her a cold uh, a bottle of wine. Um, respectfully, the first Zamboni attempt in regards to uh, a media uh, VHS tape uh, and the information, the information was fabulous, but it was definitely 1970s. It was a very dry presentation. So we've always used the available medias that the manufacturers put out to enhance what we do as an organization to support what it is that we talk about. So we look at the different medias that the manufacturers make available. The issue that we've got now is that there's so much out there in regards to the different medias. So us trying to build in the presentation of all the information uh, that uh, you guys are putting forward uh, is difficult. So what we do is we take out the key ones that are, and what we try to do is focus on health and safety. Anything that's going to be a risk or a hazard that's going to reinforce what we're saying in the classroom, we may use them inside the classroom as that reinforcement. But we always tell our students when they come in, say, look, at your manufacturer has got a whole catalog of different medias and supports that are available specific to your make and model or the issues or challenges that you got in the operation. So we always go back and say, look at, you know, use your manufacturer. They're one of your best supports. Uh, we, we tell them straight out, you know, here's Marty's phone number. Here's Donnie's phone number. Give them a call. Tell them what you're experiencing. And nine times out of 10, they're going to be able to fix this, help you fix this over the phone. So go to their website, check out the medias. Um, but what we're what we want to emphasize is that you know what the the different medias and YouTube and everything that's out there, you, what you need to understand is you still need that core presentation in the classroom to reconfirm. They're they're great tools to support what you're doing as an ice technician. They may even help you when you're getting inside the industry. But it's you can't prove competency by saying you you saw it on YouTube. It just doesn't work. There has to be something a little bit more formal. And that's not to to suggest that you can't go that route if you want. It just becomes difficult uh, if in fact there is litigation. Uh, and, and you know what, Terry? That's one of the things uh, when we uh, present the Zamboni on on ice training. Um, and you maybe can speak a little bit about zero. One of the things I always mention uh, with uh, new, especially new uh, uh, operators coming into the industry, I strongly recommend uh, them taking that online course. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so another acronym for those that are out there in podcast land, uh, CIRO, uh, S-I-R-O stands for Safe Ice for Servicer Operator. And what we had, I'm going to go probably back uh, a little bit better than 10 years ago, we had uh, managers of facilities coming forward and saying, look, I got a lot of part-time drivers and I really can't afford to send them to an IMEO class for a part-time job, nor can I make it a condition of employment for a part-time job. Can you give us something that they're just, at least when they show up, they're going to understand the basic risks and hazards. So what we did is we took the IMEO course and we melted it down to about a four or five hour online presentation, or we do it in class. 
And ultimately, all it does is focus in all the things that basically, if you're not careful, can hurt you with this piece of equipment. We want them to get a, a, a off on a good foot. Um, understanding the three-point method of getting on and off the piece of equipment safely and all the standard and, and anytime we talk about safe ice reserves or operations it's always in generality like we're, we're not saying you know for a model 500 you have to do this or for an Olympia you have to do this we're saying if you're driving a Chev, a Toyota or a Ford the best way to drive that vehicle is X, Y, and Z. We do the same thing with ice resurfacing. So what we want them to have is a very strong foundation as a new driver so that we can try and deflect some of those bad habits, habits that individuals pick up if they're not provided with that first sense of direction uh, prior to getting into the seat. That's great. That's a, a fantastic uh, lead, lead way into uh, introducing our uh, other guests back into the conversation, Lois. Um, I'm going to let Terry uh, take it away and speak more about standard operating procedures, best practices, as your position with the manager of standards and training for the city of Mississauga. I'll let you folks take it away. Okay. Thanks, Marty. Thank yeah. You. So I, 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 I as uh, Marty uh, suggested, we've got Lois Thornton here from manager uh, standards and training community service department with the city of Mississauga. And over the years, the association has been uh, very uh, well received by uh, many operations where the, we enter into long-term relationships in regards to providing training. And the city of Mississauga has always been progressive in our eyes. As long as I've been inside the industry, it was always interesting to see what Mississauga was doing because they didn't necessarily line up straight with everybody else. They had a tendency of looking at things differently uh, and approaching things differently. So they were very open-minded. So a few years ago, um, the, the city approached us and opened up a relationship in regards to the RFA providing CIT training. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to wave the uh, Mississauga flag. I'm going to invite Lois in to have a conversation with us in regards to why uh, uh, Mississauga has adopted uh, CIT as part of their uh, internal training objectives. So with that, Lois, uh, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, yes, we've definitely benefited uh, with our relationship with uh, with Orfa, and uh, we, you know, we recognize that you're the experts in the industry, and we will go to you when we need something. And you've always been very receptive to uh, to our needs and to our asks. And uh, the CIT course, like you said, is one of those things that uh, uh, we've benefited greatly from it. Uh, at this time in Mississauga, we don't require everybody to actually have their CIT designation. But we do, uh, everybody that works in our facilities is required to have all of the components that are involved uh, with the CIT designation. And of course, we strongly encourage uh, the staff that once they've obtained those certifications that they go on to get their CIT designation. And once they do that, we'll do everything in our power to support them uh, in their recertification opportunities by bringing you guys in to, to provide that training for us and to keep them up to date and to, to keep their uh, designation active. Uh, so what else are you guys, beyond the CIT and what the ORFA does, uh, what about workplace-specific training, Lois? Uh, we have a very robust prom, program for that. Um, we've got a number of, uh, we've set up uh, training profiles for all of our full-time and part-time staff in recreation, and specifically with our facility operations staff. Uh, we have uh, a list of job-required trainings uh, that they all have to take and they're staggered. They could be things that they have to do before they even get the keys to the uh, to the rink, 
before they get the keys to the Zamboni, um, as well as things that have to be done within 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, within a year of, uh, of their employment. And it's anything from certification training to just you know how we um, do our day-to-day -day operations uh, in the city of Mississauga. And we track everything. We track it all. Um, what's complete, what's not complete. Uh, and we report that uh, up the line so that we're uh, continually having the um, our training target in focus and in front of us uh, every single day. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the reason I asked the question, Lois, because that's one of the thing that we uh, we definitely emphasize as part of our responsibility when providing education. We we tell every one of the individuals that come into our classroom that look at the CIT training is not the end of your career; it's merely the start, and it has to be supported with a very strong workplace specific training component. So, as uh, Marty alluded to earlier, Zamboni does uh, specific training, and it's specific to their equipment. So they they're they're taking what we we provide as industry best practices and then they're building on that as a manufacturer so we're uh, very focused on all our certifications of having what we're referring to as a part a passport which basically suggests that uh, everything that we've uh, taught in class has to be signed off uh, prior to a certification in fact being acceptable so you guys uh, Mississauga and I, and I see this with other large centers now one of the things, and I appreciate your honesty when you said, you know what, we don't require all our staff to have CIT because there is that is an investment. There's no doubt. There's training yes, dollars that uh, have to be have to be used, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I always say um, that our job with RFA is, in fact, to, even though we have this fantastic working relationship with uh, with you and the city of Mississauga, I really want them to dissipate. I, I really want them to go away. And what uh, that sounds very strange, uh, but in reality, what I tell employers is this, accreditation is free. And they look at me very strange. They think that we're going to come in and do actually do training for them for free, where I explain to them they need to build it into their HR hiring. I'm hiring yes. a full-time ICE yes. technician. They have to be a CIT. So it's... Yes. We're, you know, we're back, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, the, 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 yeah, the swings over the last years have been phenomenal in regards to yep. the way that the industry is embracing accreditation. They understand the importance of an individual landing mm -hmm. on a good quality paying job with a pension with a municipality to say, look, an individual's got to invest in themselves if they want to work for us, right? Exactly. And we're finding too that it is such a competitive um, area to, to land that full-time permanent position that the people that are applying uh, for our full-time jobs are coming with the CIT designation, whether we ask for it or not. And, um, uh, the, and which is great because then that uh, means we can actually reallocate some of our training dollars uh, towards other training and more enhanced training for staff uh, when they do come on board because we don't have to put them through all of the, uh, the certifications that they need to, to get that designation. So we're starting to recognize that. We say it's, um, you know, it's a, an advantage for you to to be applying for it and have it, and it it'll carry you through whether you work through the city of Mississauga or anywhere else in the uh, in the country. Um, so it's something that we definitely look at, and it also, you know, as an employer too, it gives us the opportunity to look at what kind of a person we're hiring. We're looking at somebody that has the designation. They've taken that extra step to complete the process, so we know that they're committed. 
Uh, we know that they're committed to uh, continuing their training uh, to the higher standards um, that are expected of them. Uh, it helps us evaluate our potential new hires. Uh, it helps us with uh, analyzing the job performance and, uh, and it motivates the other people that maybe don't have their CIT designation to, to go out and take that extra step uh, and to get that done. Yeah, I, I always uh, explain to the uh, young individuals that are getting into the industry that my philosophy as a manager during the hiring process, one of the questions I would ask them is what they've invested personally in regards to professional development uh, for the career that they're in. And when they can't give me a solid answer in regards to you know uh, pursuing some sort of educational component, my retort to that is always, if you're not ready to invest in yourself as a good investment, why should I invest in you? If, you? if you don't want to invest in regards to the position that I'm giving you to be prepared to be able to move forward, which is now, uh, you know, at one time working in an ice rink was looked down upon, but I will suggest to you uh, right now, it's it's one of those positions that uh, is very much sought after. It's a, they're a guaranteed job. They're not pulling up the tent pegs and moving the rink uh, out of country. Uh, and if you've got the right skills, the right attitude, you're most likely going to retire in the industry and, and be rewarded with a, with a fairly good pension at the end of it. Oh, yeah. We see, um, we see a number of people the, um, realizing that seniority and um, just because you've been a part-timer for, you know, long-term dedicated part-timer to us doesn't necessarily mean that you're automatically going to get that next full-time job. Uh, that becomes available and we you know you have the dark horse coming through all the time that's got yep. all the extra training uh, and you're right the investment that they put in themselves uh, to come forward and in this competitive uh, area and if you want to be a leading municipality and a leading um, person and group in the organization those are the people you want to go after you want to be a little bit ruthless sometimes and go after them. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, as one of the original architects of the CIT uh, back many, many years ago, I can tell you that the uh, group of individuals that sat around the table and had a vision of one day we could make the ice industry a profession, uh, what you've just summarized uh, is uh, music to our ears because ultimately that was our goal. We wanted individuals to understand that you have to have skill sets, you have to have commitment, you have to have professionalism in regards to working inside this business. And that's uh, one thing to say uh, that in fact you have uh, these experience, but in reality, uh, if you can't prove it, um, by way of some sort of accreditation, it definitely has limitations in regards to uh, the hiring process. So CITs are, and, and our other accreditations, uh, and I have mm -hmm. to throw that out, we don't just do the CIT. I mean, we're in the aquatics, we're in the parks, we're in the buildings, we're in the administration side of things, are very much sought after by employers now and recognized as a, an equivalent often as a post-secondary education um, because you've got uh, uh, an education and you've got years of experience behind you that suggests that in fact you've got at least the toolbox. Now we're going to see if you can open it and actually use the tools that inside it. So, no, uh, I appreciate uh, your uh, your input here, Lois. We really do appreciate the partnerships uh, that we have with uh, with folks like yourself from Orpha and Parks and Recreation Ontario, uh, because they only you know help us uh, build a stronger workforce and a safer workforce uh, for everybody. 
I, I have to say it's great listening to both the uh, the, the municipality and, and Lois uh, and yourself, the organization, uh, back and forth talking about and how the relationship has developed and where it is today and where it's going to. And, you know, here's, here's a question I have for you, uh, Terry, and maybe Lois, you can partake in this uh, uh, for your own feedback. How many municipalities are really getting involved, uh, Terry, uh, with ORFA as far as investment? Them, their staff um, and their their operators uh, working with uh, you folks as close as you have that relationship with the city of Mississauga. Uh, I'm going to suggest to you, Marty, you're you're catching me flat-footed here, but I'm comfortable stating that we we've probably got around 12 different solid relationships where uh, a community is coming back to us on an annual basis to align some sort of staff training. Uh, it may be a little bit higher or a tad lower, uh, not quite sure. Uh, that's more of uh, another staff member's responsibility. But uh, there is enough that usually when we started every year that uh, we are already had heard from people like Lois that have said, here's the courses that uh, we want from ORFA in, in this year. And it uh, really was uh, helpful in us setting up our training schedule. Right, I'm actually right. surprised that I'm actually surprised that you don't have. I would have thought you'd say every municipality has the same kind of relationship with you. I can't imagine us and my my particular you know training task team. I can't imagine them doing the work that they that we do without you. I I just assumed everybody did it. I'm surprised. Well, and in, in, in the province of Ontario, Lotion, you might appreciate that that there's 444 municipalities. Uh, but out of the 444 municipalities, there's only a handful that actually over a, are over a population of 10,000. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them don't have the resources that are available to the larger centers, uh, nor do they have the teams in place. Uh, the HR department is usually the same person that's cutting the checks as uh, as the treasurer. Uh, mm -hmm. And they uh, they usually are dealing with things on a case by case basis. But uh, I I would suggest to you that uh, not only do we have relationships with municipalities, we've got some strong relationships with uh, what we'll what we'll refer to as regional groups. So uh, Swarfa, for example, uh, that's an organization where all these smaller little uh, communities in southwestern Ontario get together on a regular basis to deal with recreation issues, and they bring in guest speakers. I, I suspect, Marty, you might have been invited down there on, on occasion or I two. I have. I have, and, yes. And, and so what they do is they set out to figure out what they can do internally, what they can do themselves, uh, and what they invest in. So they'll often come along and they pool their resource dollars. Uh, to bring in a, affordable accreditation because when you buy bulk, you get a better price and, and that's, that's a win-win for everybody. So uh, we do regional training uh, and, and we still try to offer, uh, we're very proud of the fact that the association provides professional development in every corner of this province. I mean, we were up in the Kenora area uh, again last year providing training. Uh, and uh, Thunder Bay is again talking to us. So, I mean, we've been any, everywhere from Red Lake to Cornwall to, to Windsor, uh, and we do not hesitate to uh, to service any part of the province and beyond. So, uh, we, we, we try to uh, meet our mandate as being facility leaders. That's great information, Terry. Just to touch, touch base with uh, Lois, and we spoke briefly before we came on air, Lois. Um, I, I definitely look forward to working with you over the next couple months when uh, whatever normal looks like when we get back to uh, that uh, 
that environment uh, and uh, working with you as uh, as we know the uh, city of Mississauga with their green energy energy initiative has moved over mm -hmm. to battery electric uh, AC machines and and you and I will be working close together in the training process uh, bringing your uh, operators and staff forward in proper battery maintenance and all the other things that are involved uh, in our in the machines that are coming into uh, your facility so I look forward to that um, anything else folks that you want yeah definitely anything else folks that you want to uh, touch base on? Uh, well, Marty, I, I, again, I thank Zamboni for the opportunity to do this podcast. As you know, we do our own. Um, but anytime one of our corporate members takes the initiative to reach out to the association, we're going to take full advantage of that. So this is kind of an infomercial to any corporate member that's in fact listening to this. If, if they would like to do the same thing with the association, feel free to get a hold of us. You've got our contact information and, and we'll be glad to have these discussions. Lois, Terry, I want to thank you both for coming on and uh, being our guests. Uh, we look forward to working with you both. Uh, all be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts podcast. Uh, by the way, if you have a question uh, for one of our experts or an idea for a future episode, please email your questions or requests to info at zamboni.com. And for more information or additional podcast episodes, you can visit our zamboni.com forward slash podcast or search the Ask the Zamboni Experts on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. Again, this is your host, Marty Elliott, wishing you an ice day.